For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's it off to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new, spanking new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan. You can follow Skylar's work. He's actually putting in work uh, in Spartan, uh, Spartanburg, uh, Wofford College, for Panther training camp week three as we begin here. You can follow him on Twitter for the latest at Callahan underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. Uh, today, a uh, huge, huge show um, if you saw the announcements throughout the week, uh, the biggest announcement, we are adding a third co-host starting next week. None other than Panther linebacker legend Thomas Davis. He'll be joining us going forward. So we'll have the first preseason game to chop up next time you see us next week uh, and much, much more. But uh, super excited to add TD uh, to the crew as we're growing. Find us on the Sirius XM uh, satellite app. You can find us on any major podcast platform. You can find us on YouTube. Um, will be, I think, starting next week. It'll be on the Believe YouTube channel as well. So uh, just huge, huge news for the Believe in Panther podcast. All 32 NFL teams are actually represented now on the Believe platform and on the SiriusXM app, so you can find a, a podcast for your specific team. This week, uh, Camp Notes, we'll talk about what Skyler has seen at Wofford College. Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield with the first string snaps. Uh, any separation we're seeing at some of the positions. And Marquise Haynes had an injury over the weekend. We'll get an update on that as well. Sam Mills over the weekend, uh, beloved Carolina Panther linebacker with the statue out front of uh, the gates of Bank of America Stadium, was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this past weekend. We'll give you our thoughts and the importance of Sam Mills to the Panther franchise. Uh, we kind of know, in honor of uh, Thomas Davis joining us starting next week, we kind of know who the Panthers linebacker Mount Rushmore is. It's you know Sam Mills, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley in some sort of order. There's a fourth slot there that I want to fill in, and we'll, we'll we'll debate that and figure out who should be in that fourth slot. There's a lot of worthy contenders for there. Uh, and then also we'll we'll preview the debut of our new co-host, uh, Panther Le- legend Thomas Davis. We'll talk about TD's contributions to the franchise and what it'll mean for the Believe in, Panther, uh, Believe in Panthers podcast going forward. Uh, very happy all of you are able to join us today live. First, before we get into everything, though, a word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B E L A V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is but online where the game starts and where we start will be in training camp. Uh, let's just get some updates here. Uh, first from you, Skyler, uh, Marquise Haynes. We're kind of thin at linebacker. Actually, this, this episode's kind of revolving around the linebackers. It feels like that's the one group that's kind of thin and it looked like Haynes had a, a pretty nasty injury over the weekend, but we've gotten some updates on where he might be uh, health wise. What, what can you tell us about the update on Marquise Haynes? Yeah, well, it's much better than what that anybody thought. I mean, as soon as it happened, it actually happened like 20 yards in front of me. And as soon as I saw him go down, he grabbed his knee. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not <laughs> this is not going to mm. be good. He started to get up, and he could not put pressure on that left – I think it was his left leg. 
he actually had Matt Ioannidis and I think it was Brian Burns that kind of helped him off the sideline. They evaluated him there and then they got carted off. But to me, initially, I was like, this is probably going to be something that's, you know, at least six to eight weeks, maybe season ending. We have no idea. Anytime a guy grabs his knee, you, you just you worry that you yeah. think of the worst thing. So the, the the fact that the news came out that it's actually only going to be a day to day thing, I think is just an absolute miracle because I, I don't know how this isn't going to be at least a week thing or a two week thing. It may lead to that. But the fact that they believe that he could potentially practice sometime in the next couple of days, maybe even tomorrow. I mean, that's that's incredible. So even with that said, I think that happening probably put a little bit of a, an accelerator on the search for another defensive end slash pass rusher for Scott Fitter and Matt Rule because they know even with Haynes being healthy, they're going to need another pass rusher. I mean, yeah. that's that was the talk before training camp even started. Scott had talked about it, and they even said another big body in the middle of that defensive line too. So they're going to add somebody. I was surprised there wasn't a signing this morning. Maybe we'll get one tomorrow morning. Um, I would assume it would probably be before the, the end of today is to, or the end of tomorrow's practice is over, considering that they're going to start concentrating on Washington, uh, I think, after Wednesday's practice. Something came across my Twitter uh, earlier today that we've talked about for, I don't know, 12 months or so, but uh, it had to do with Sam Darnold. And uh, I wanted to uh, find out what exactly uh, <laughs> this is. Basically, it kind of, it kind of broke that they're shopping Sam Darnold, which shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, you know, after what they've done this offseason, they drafted a quarterback and then they traded for another one. So it shouldn't be no, no shock to anyone if that's actually the case. My thing is, uh, it sounds like, of course, the Panthers are denying that they're shopping Sam Darnold. And I, this was uh, actually on Yahoo Sports. Anthony Rizzuti was reporting this uh, earlier today, uh, this morning, that. Uh, according to Benjamin Albright of KOA Colorado, the Panthers are attempting to shop Sam Darnold. Albright also noted, however, that the team can't get takers on a potential deal due to Darnold's fifth year option, which is worth $18 million. Uh, at this time of the year in August, isn't it pretty much the, the, the starter and the backup are pretty much set for all 32 teams, right? There's not really a team out there still looking for a quarterback, is there? No. I mean, the only team that maybe comes to mind, San Francisco, because they're trying to move Jimmy G, but that they're not going to move, you know, a, another quarterback in that's worth $18 million to sit on the bench. Like, that's yeah. just not going to happen. And I'm trying to find the nicest way to put this, Desmond. I really am. Because, <laughs> because I've actually had some some Twitter beef with this guy before, this Benjamin uh -oh. Albert. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm here for this. So, you know, I'm, I'm here trying, for this. <laughs> I'm trying to, to be nice, but – I'm just taking it as we're going to set that beef aside, and I'm just going to say it like it is. <laughs> if we're relying on a guy in Denver, Colorado, a radio station in Denver to know what the hell's going on in Spartanburg right now, then I, I don't know why we're all down there. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't when it popped up. I was like, I'm just saying, like, why is he in the and, know? <laughs> and, and that's, and I'm not trying to take it anything away from him because he is a credible source to a certain extent. He has, you know, he has connections around the league. Everyone does, but the fact that he was the one that tweeted that out of nowhere, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't you. We, it wasn't Joe Person. It wasn't someone that actually, you know, uh, David Newton. Like it wasn't somebody that we know is actually like. In right. there with the Panthers, it was just some random dude from Colorado, and I was like, it felt like this happened before. Uh, was it the Bay? No, I think it was the Sean Watson rumors actually when they first started I to break. It felt like somebody like that wasn't even here was breaking I, I that, that. I could be wrong, so I, don't put put me to this, but um, I want to say that was the guy from Houston that just recently retired. I can't remember his yes. name off the top of my head. Yes, you're um, right. It I want to say John something, but I, I don't know. But the fact of this whole situation is everybody that I've talked to today has denied that that's the case. Now, I know fans are saying, oh, of course they're going to deny. That's the that's what they – they're not going to just openly say that they're shopping him. Yeah. But the people that I, I talked to today, very, very truthful, very honest, and I don't – I don't see 
them actually shopping him. And again, like we've talked about, why the hell would they, number one, because you don't know what Baker's going to do, if he's going to be any good. And you have potentially the best backup quarterback in the league. And on top of that, what are you going to do? Trade? What are you going to do to get a trade done with Sam Darnold? You're going to have to pay him still probably fourteen or fifteen million dollars to play for another team. If you're going to pay him that much to defeats play for another purpose. team, you just keep him on your bench. Yeah, defeats the whole purpose and of you moving him. Now I can I see mean, if he was being a distraction or they just you know addition by subtraction or something like that. But Sam has handled this in the most adult way probably oh, yeah. possible to make it where he is kind of untradeable. Well, I think. Or just think about it, too. And, and I, I talked to someone about this earlier today. If the Panthers are paying Baker Mayfield $5 million, right, the, the Browns had to pay $9 million. So what does that tell you that the Panthers are going to have to pay to send him elsewhere? Right. So for a guy that he's going to lose out the battle to. So like, why would they even go through all this just to end up paying the same amount as if they never negotiated yeah. it lower with – yeah, I get it. Like, it – that, that, there, that makes sense. Not <laughs> it's not happening unless, unless for whatever reason, there's just absolute utter dysfunction in that quarterback room. That that is not Sam Darnold will be on this team throughout the entire season, and it probably should be. I mean, yeah. I, now I want Baker to start, and I don't care what order Sam Darnold is in in that quarterback room, two or three or whatever. And a perfect, I would love it if Matt Corral shows enough where he can be the backup and, but we never see him, you know what I mean? Like it, it like I would love that scenario. Cause then it kind of sets up well for the future. Cause then you kind of know, we kind of know now, but you kind of know, okay, Sam's not going to be here next year. We know Corral's going to be here next year. It, it really depends on what Baker does this year to determine if he's going to be here next year, but they clean the plate really uh, after the season's over at that position, they're kind of good to go everywhere else, except for, you know, you can nitpick, you know, linebacker, of course. Outside of Corral. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they, they can do whatever they want after this year's over. Why would they mess that up just to get him off the roster and, and, and pay for him when they could just pay for him being on the roster and available if needed? It just didn't make any sense when I saw it. I'm like, uh-huh. if they were shopping him, they would have did it, you know, months ago when they were doing all these other quarterback moves. I mean, if you think about it, what the Panthers should do and probably what they are doing is remaining very patient in all of this because at some point in time, there's going to be a team that has a starter go down, right? And yep. there's going to be – and maybe that team's, say, a playoff-type team that is literally constructed to make the playoffs. If a team gets desperate enough, they might – I'm not saying they will. They might be willing to eat up 15 to $16 million of his contract just to get him in to save their season or at least save their season enough until that quarterback comes back. Like I said, I don't know if that would happen, but your leverage right now in terms of the money situation is not in your favor whatsoever. It it, it serves you best to be very patient about this. Keep a backup quarterback on your roster. And like Matt Rule said, there's only 12 teams that had a quarterback play all 17 games last year. At some point, it's likely you're going to have to turn to your number two guy. Yeah. Would you rather that number two guy be uh, Matt Corral, who may be a deer in the headlights, or Sam Darnold, who may be a deer in the headlights here and there, but has some, you know, has some experience yeah, in the experience league. at least being out yeah. there? Like, uh, I mean, the one thing we hadn't really discussed though, is Sam Darnold isn't exactly marketable right now either because he didn't play well last year. <laughs> he wasn't very good. Like he was like six touchdowns, twelve interceptions, or something over the stretch. Like, what team wants that? You know, to come in. So the whole. Yeah, would the Panthers like to get something for Sam Darnold? I'm sure they probably would. Can they get something for Sam Darnold? Probably not. Like, I mean, I think they understand where they are with him. The I mean, thing, I, me and you I, would love yeah. to have won that billion dollar lottery the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that bothers me, though, is uh, when I'm on Twitter or on Facebook, or whatever, and I'm kind of gauging the Panther fan base, you get, you know, you got the, the living room. Uh, quarterbacks, the living room coaches or whatever, they're questioning everything that the coaching staff is doing. And one of the things that's getting questioned is why are they still sharing first string snaps? Uh, 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 the two, the, these two quarterbacks or why are they still going, you know, a day, B day, you know, with Baker Mayfield uh, and Sam Darnold, when it sounds like to some people that are there, clearly Baker's kind of asserted himself as the one that's going to be the one. And Sam is going to end up being the two. You're there. Like, have you seen enough separation between the two to say 
will start to question, okay, why are they giving Sam more of these reps? They need to give him to Baker so he can be ready to go. Or do you believe Coach Rule when he says they're not going to really decide anything until after week two of the preseason? Yeah, I mean, I think this week we've seen Baker – well, I guess it would be this past week. Baker's definitely, I think, in the lead. And, it, and it's not because he's doing anything spectacular. I mean, he's just being very consistent, not making a whole lot of bad decisions, and he's coming a long way in the offense where Sam – he still has those moments like where he's going to make the, the boneheaded plays and he just can't rebound from that. That's a big, big problem. You can't rebound from making a mistake. You're not going to last in this league as a starting quarterback. That shouldn't be happening right now in year, yeah. was it year five yeah. for Sam Arnold. This should not so, be happening still. If you have those questions, that should tell you all you need to know. But I will say, what did I tell you? Well, maybe two, three weeks ago. If you turn on Sam Darnold, you can't turn back to him. Right. right? So. Yeah. I think they want to keep his confidence as high as they possibly can because if something were to happen and Baker does win the starting job, maybe he gets hurt or he has to go in, you have to be able to rely on Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold also has to be able to trust in himself and have belief in himself that he can get the job done. I don't know what this is going to do to Sam Darnold's confidence or his state of mind if he loses the job, and it's very likely, but I think the more reps you get, the more sure you are about who that starter is. Right now, it's too early. Like, in my opinion, it's too early. We haven't even had a preseason game yet. Like, to me, I want to see these guys in game action because we can sit here and say, yeah, they look great in seven on seven and seven on nine and, you know, 11 on 11. But again, that's against your own team. What, what's it going to be like in an actual game like situation where you're going to have to make decisions, make plays, and actually show that you can move the offense down the field? That's, to me, the real evaluation. We can see this stuff in the, in the practice say, yeah, this guy looks good. But how many times have we seen – Terrace Marshall is a perfect example. I know it's a different position, but we see him make all these plays in practice and it gets to the game. Now, he did look good in the preseason, but he get, got to the, the games and he just disappeared. It happens all the time, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah. So I, I think you need to be patient with it. What's it going to do? If, if you wait another four or five days, is that really going to just – crater your chemistry for that whoever that starting quarterback is going to be with the receivers no it's four practices they're still getting reps they're still getting mental reps it's going to be there it's you have to be sure especially if you're Matt Rule you got to think about that he's on the hot seat or he's going to be on the hot seat we assume yeah (laughs) sure and and I know again like it, it looks like Baker but you have to be sure and again I don't know if you can turn back the same. So I think that's some of the biggest reasons. And you know, it's crazy too. The you know, the one person on the team that's probably hoping Sam Darnold does get traded, PJ Walker. Because if he gets <laughs> traded, then <laughs> PJ pretty much secures yeah. that third slot again because he knows his man ain't gonna cut him. So it's like Well, I, I mean, I don't know if was, <laughs> someone did ask today, it might have been Scott, um, Scott Fowler, about who or not who, how many quarterbacks he planned on playing against Washington on Saturday, and he said uh, yeah, we'll probably play three, three or four. So I was like, oh, so maybe, <laughs> oh. maybe PJ's not even here by Saturday. But I, I've i been back and forth on this because I'm like, there's no way PJ Walker gets that first preseason game. But it is Matt Rule's guy. So I feel like he's going to give him that one preseason game. And then obviously they make that first round of cuts on the 16th. So yeah. they I could be trying to increase the PJ's uh, value too, maybe in these preseason yeah. games. You know, maybe it's not Sam. It either, either, however, however he goes about it. But I think, regardless, they won't keep him around for very long because Matt Rule wants to do the right thing and give him an opportunity to go elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I do catch that vibe. He's not trying to, you know, screw PJ over or anything. If anything, PJ is still in the league due to his relationship to Matt Rule and his days at Temple or whatnot. So, I, and I and we we joke about it with PJ and you know why is he here and that kind of stuff. But from all accounts, we we from all everything I've seen, he's a good guy. Uh, team player, um, and hopefully whatever ends up happening uh, will be fine for him uh, going forward. Are you seeing any separation? You mentioned Terrence Marshall. Are you seeing any separation uh, at the wide receiver position? Because it it looks like they're going to probably keep maybe six wide receivers, maybe, uh, probably five is the sweet, or maybe seven. Uh, Like, who do you think right now they're keeping? We know DJ Moore, of course, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, Terrence Marshall, and then you get to once you get past those three, it's like okay, who's in the running here to stay? I think uh, 
Uh, Brandon Zilstra probably is going to have a slot. Uh, I don't know about Shai Smith. Uh, there's a couple that are out there. Who's out there that we're not talking about in the wide receiver room that you've been you've been seeing making some plays? Well, so I mean, I think again, like you said, the, the two that we all know that are, are the three that are going to make it are more Anderson and Marshall. I would say Rashard Higgins is probably safe too, especially with his connection with Baker. So there's four. Okay, you have Andre Roberts, which people forget about the, the return specialist. If you count him in there, that's five. And Matt Rule has said that they feel like he can help them at receiver. Probably not as much, but more, more as a returner. But they, he can he can help them at receiver too. Now you get to again, is it six or seven? And there's a lot of guys fighting for those last couple spots or last spot. You've got Keith Kirkwood, Shai Smith, Brandon Zilstra, C.J. Saunders, and the list goes on. Those four guys, I think, all have a legit chance. Now, maybe three, I'd say Kirkwood's probably the long shot. C.J. Saunders was a guy that was a training camp darling last year and did fairly well in preseason play. Got called up a couple times last year at the end of the year. Had a couple, maybe 10, 15 snaps. He's done it again. He is the training camp darling again. I don't know how, but he is continuing to make plays. All the quarterbacks are throwing to him. And he's kind of worked in that slot a little bit. So I, I don't know. He's he's not a, a guy that's going to overwhelm you with his, 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 his dynamic ability to get open or he's going to br- blow by you with his speed. He's just a tough – gritty dude that finds ways to make plays. So CJ Saunders is a guy that I think has a, a pretty good chance. Um Brandon Zilstra, he's just a Matt Rule kind of guy. Like yeah. He didn't play for him in college, but he's got that that Matt Rule like he can help on special teams. He can help in the passing game. He's just he's a tough dude. He can block. So I just, I feel like Zilstra's there and then Shy Shai had a really good day today, uh, made plays all over the place, and he had a couple of good days last week. So I, I don't know. I, I really think if they can take from one other spot, I think they'd like to keep seven because Andre Roberts, I mean, yeah, he can help him a little bit at receiver, but I think they'd like to just mainly use him as a, as a returner and then have six other guys. So mm. I think it'll probably be Zilstra and then whoever you – choose between Shai Smith and C.J. Saunders. I'd forgot about Higgins, especially with Baker being here and them having the relationship in Cleveland. I'd imagine that probably bolsters his chances of oh, you know, yeah. being here with that that combination there. So uh, so that's good. Um, but this is more of a linebacker-themed uh, show today in honor of our uh, new co-host, Thomas Davis, being named as a co-host for the Believe in Panthers podcast. Uh, we left that out last week. He will join us officially next week uh, as we will review – uh, as best as we can, the first preseason game of the year, you know how those go. It's going to be uh, like 80 names and <laughs> random. Do you watch the full preseason games? Because I find myself kind of watching them all most times when I have a chance because uh, a lot of times they play on Friday nights and it overlaps with high school football. I think all their games are Saturday. And I want to say this one's in the afternoon or something, isn't it? Isn't it like Saturday at 1 or something, some weird time? For the Commanders game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it is an afternoon game. It's it it's weird because they usually play at night, but yeah, I think it is a one o'clock game. I I did watch, I would say like maybe halfway into the third quarter of the Hall of Fame game. Then mm-hmm. I got tired of it. But wow, you, wow, games, really? <laughs> you got some dedication, brother. I I, I thought about it. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, there there wasn't anything else on TV. If I'm being honest, um, it's it was either that or watch the Pirates, and I and I've had enough of that. Yeah, you're like I'm done. <laughs> I forgot but, they got rid of one of the preseason games. There's only three preseason games. Yeah, unless you're in the Hall of Fame game. So they, they do play the Commanders, the Washington Commanders. I get used to that. That's uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. And then the following week, they play the Patriots uh, Friday, August the 19th at 7 p.m. I'll actually be doing high school football that night, so I won't be able to see it. And that's probably the game where they're going to be playing all the starters. Uh, and I'm... I do not want to tape a preseason game, but <laughs> I might have to, to do that just so we can talk about it. And then the final game is Bills versus Panthers, uh, August 26th at 7 p.m. So, yeah, they got an afternoon game this Saturday and then Friday. And then I think the 26th, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the 26th is a Friday too. So then they'll be off like two weeks and then the season begins on September the 11th. Um, the Again, 
this is more of a linebacker theme type of show uh, with former Panther linebacker Sam Mills being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Uh, I wanted to take some time to talk about Sam and his importance to the franchise because I think when people look at it from the outside in, they see, oh, he only played there three years. Oh, he, you know, they didn't really do anything when he was there, or stuff like that. But in fact, Sam is probably the biggest contributor to current Panther culture than maybe anyone else that's played for the Panthers. For those that don't know the story, the whole keep pounding mantra came from Sam Mills uh, in 2003 during the Super Bowl run. Uh, Sam Mills was the linebackers coach uh, underneath John Fox. He had already retired in 97 and he was dealing with cancer and he was battling it while he was coaching the team and giving a, a speech to the team uh, pregame. It basically you know, consisted of he, he didn't get up, you know, cancer put knocked him on the ground. He got up, he kept pounding, he kept fighting it, and they need to do the same thing too. And that kind of became the mantra for the team. And uh, I do remember last year, David Tepper or, or someone in the front office had decided to not run the keep pounding uh, display on the big scoreboard at Bank of America Stadium during the game early in the year. And there was a huge online uproar about it where people were basically like, please don't take this away from us. And the very next home game, it was back and it's been back ever since. So I think Tepper kind of learned what that is um, from your time covering the Panthers. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk about Sam Mills to other like current players or anything of that sort, but tell me the vibe that you catch from current players about the importance of Sam Mills, who literally played for the franchise, you know, over 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, definitely with some of the older guys that have been around for a while, like JJ Jansen, especially he was actually, uh, he got up in front of the team. I think it was last last Friday, yeah, right before the induction. And they they were sharing the, the team videos and stuff with Sam, and he talked about just kind of what keep pounding meant to him. And Matt Rule said it was kind of a, an emotional speech. And um, I think some of the younger guys are still trying to learn, you know, what exactly it was, what the keep pounding phrase comes from. And that's why they were doing a lot of that this past week, because a lot of these guys have only been here for a year or two, or maybe even a couple of months in some instances, but, you know, guys like him, um, Shaq Thompson, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, those guys that have been around for a while really get it. But, you know, even me, like I knew kind of the background of the story. Right. And I know this probably sounds really bad that I didn't really know much about it, but I've only covered the team. This is my third, the third season. So I knew a little bit about it, but I did a lot of, research and watching like whenever he got in uh announced that he was going to be inducted into the hall of fame and man i'll tell you what it's a it's an inspiring inspiring story like this guy should have never even been in the nfl when you just look at his physical traits alone at five yeah. nine two hundred and some pounds like linebacker, linebacker yeah <laughs> I mean, like it's just it's crazy to me. Like, but imagine Steve Smith playing inside linebacker. That's pretty yeah. much kind of what <laughs> I mean. Same or, night, same build. He's out yeah. there looking for people to hit. Like it's kind of the same thing. So that's it's just, just <laughs> it's just the whole story, and it's just like full circle. It's not even just the you know the the cancer situation he went through, but it's just the the fact that he was never supposed to get into the NFL, and he continued to to prove people wrong that's why i say like for for kids out there that believe or that keep getting told all oh, you're too small you're too short you're not big enough you're not fast enough you're strong enough if you are one of these players these young kids that really want to make it to the nfl or make it to just even college football and you want some inspiration go watch some youtube videos of sam mills mm -hmm. if you research some of this stuff and watch it listen to it it's going to feed you with so much energy, so much motivation to go prove everybody wrong because he did it. And if he can do it, why can't why can't I? The kid, you know, some kid may say it. It's maybe a similar height and weight. So yeah, very very um, well earned for him to get into the hall. And honestly, probably should have happened a few years ago. Yeah, but um, it's it's good to see him. And I wish he was still here. Obviously, we all do. We wish he was still here to be able to, to take in that moment. But it was awesome for his family to get up there and be there and, and kind of take it all in. You know, it's um, I agree. Uh, you know, I've, of course, I've been a lifelong Panther fan as long as they've been in existence uh, since 95. So it, it was crazy. We came into it. The, the, the OG Panther fans, the ones that have been here from day one, 
we I remember those days thinking, well, it's going to be a while before they build something that we can really be uh, proud of because it's going to take a while to build a team here. You know, they're starting off with scraps from the other 30 teams or whatever. And for Sam Mills and, you know, other guys on that team, Kevin Green, Lamar Lathan, uh, just uh, Tim Bianca Patuka, like I'm going deep in the vaults here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like for them to go to the NFC Championship game in year two of the, the franchise's existence, uh, a lot of it was on the defense. The, I mean, that team was 12 and four. They won the NFC West when they were in the West at the time. San Francisco was like our, our big like team that we had to get past in the mid 90s. You know what I mean? Like San Francisco still out here winning Super Bowls like all the time or whatever. And uh, for us to win the division and to win the division that had uh, a, a feisty New Orleans Saints team that was known for their defense. That's where we got Sam Mills from. Uh, they had like a wicked 3 4 that it was like him. Pat Swilling, Ricky Jackson. Like, I just remember like a bunch of dudes with Jerry curls that were just like (laughs) (laughs) blowing people up. (laughs) Like the Saints defense was a problem. Of course, we know about the 49ers in the mid 90s, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and all those guys. Then you have this upstart Panthers team uh, with Sam Mills, who came from the USFL because he couldn't get into the league. He was too small. Uh, I think he played for the Dallas Stars. They won like the first two or three USFL championships before the league folded. When it did and he came out, uh, some of those coaches from the Dallas Stars, I believe, went to New Orleans and brought him with them, and he became a starter there. And I was reading a, a story on uh, online where it was talking about the Saints' defense, like in the first practice or whatever. <clears throat> they're looking over, and they're seeing a small dude. They're making fun of him or whatever. And then first reps, like, bam. Second rep, bam. Third rep, bam. And like, by the time they were at the end of practice, they were just like, man, this dude's really, really good started never didn't start uh the expansion draft happens he becomes available <clears throat> sorry i'm losing my voice and uh and carolina picks him up so huge 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 day for the panthers we finally get somebody into the hall of fame yeah yeah for sure i mean it's again just the to have to have that i think even for the panthers like just to have the entire weekend like that, that was awesome. And I think it's going to be awesome too. Whenever the, I think it's the Cardinals game, I believe is the key pounding game where they're going to kind of really honor Sam in front of the entire crowd. So if you haven't yet, make sure you get your tickets, but double check on that day. Cause like I said, I could have been wrong on that. I think it is the Arizona Cardinals game. I think that is yeah. show up, show out. That'll be, a, that'll be a lot of fun. And to kind of not, not really say like this is it, but you know, to kind of really say, you know, to congratulate, you know, Sam Mills and his family on the whole situation. This is kind of like the big, big to do for it. So make sure you be, get get a chance to get there if you can. And, and I know he only played three years for the Panthers, but those three years might have been some of the best three years of his career. Uh, he and got nominated, yeah, he, yeah, and he got and the coaching as well. He got nominated to the Pro Bowl at age thirty-seven at the time. He was the oldest player ever to be uh, sent to the Pro Bowl, and that was his last season uh, in ninety-seven with us. They didn't. If you walk, if you go to a Bank of America Stadium Panther game, more often than not, you're going to pass the Sam Mills statue, right? And <clears throat> That statue, it didn't take 15 years from them to put that statue up. They put that statue up like after yeah. you retired, <laughs> like as soon as he, it was like Michael Jordan style, like it, it was up. So like Michael Jordan and Sam Mills are the only two athletes that I can think of where they would go to work and have to pass a statue of themselves going into work. Can you imagine passing a statue of yourself, <laughs> like walking into the building where you work? It would be very weird. I, I, I know how like I am with certain stuff like that. Like I could never... <laughs> I, I would just I would avoid it because I, I would feel like I'm not deserving of it. You know, like I mean, heck one went back when I was in high school and I we get like you know awards for, for football or baseball and stuff like I would just like hurry up and like put it in my bag or whatever and just like <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not a person that like even had my trophies out even at my house because I'm like I mean yes it's an accomplishment and yeah. some like they need to see that for motivation. Me, I'm kind of like I don't want to like get it in my head. You know what I mean? But yeah. like stuff like that, I mean, it would be an honor. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, what, what Sam had to have been thinking, just the, the feeling that an organization that literally just came out of nowhere thought of him that highly, you know, in his short time there. But I, I think if he was still alive, he would have wanted to go in the hall as a Panther, uh, even though he played most of his NFL career with the saints yeah, I, it's almost like he's more well known as a Panther now than as a Saint. 
uh, which is nuts. Because like yeah, I said, he only played three years. The thing has a lot to do with that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah you know, it really does. Yeah. So with with that, you know, Sam gets in. And I thought it was fitting, too, that he got in in the final year of eligibility uh, for himself because that kind of sums up his whole career. You know, like you said, underdog, yeah. low man wins, undersized. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And he prolonged it into this Hall of Fame career. So the Panthers get a, get a Panther in there. Uh, finally into the Hall of Fame that we could legit say is ours. Uh, I know that I think Kevin Green got in not too long ago, and there was a debate about – We'll have another one here soon. We'll have another one here soon. That was going to be my question. Who is it going to be? Because is it going to be Steve Smith or is it going to be Julius Peppers? Because Pep still has like two years to go. I think Smith is already eligible or will be eligible after this year, I think, but there's a glut of wide receivers in front of him. Luke Keekley will be on that list there too. Luke's coming too. Yeah, that's right. Now, I know Pep's probably first ballot. I would think. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, if he's not, sacks all time, if he's not, was he was he on the ballot this past year? Actually, I don't think he's eligible yet. I think he's not eligible until next. Well, after this season. So this coming up class, I, know, I think it's the class after that. It's five years. So yeah, he'll go, he'll, it won't take him long. If it, it, what his first ballot year would be, I think it was twenty eighteen. It would it would be very soon. He retired in 2018, I think, finally, for good. It's a five-year wait, so it would be the end of 2023 when he'd be eligible. So not this year, but next year he'd be eligible. I think Steve Smith retired in 2017. Yeah. So he's he's eligible after this year. But you got you know Reggie Wayne waiting. You've got uh, – there's so many wide receivers. I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Brew Edge and Wayne was – Andre Johnson. Uh, they were on the ballot this year and didn't get in. I do think that Steve Smith is top 10 overall in total yards. Uh, that might have changed now the way the game is, but I thought when he retired, he finished in the top 10 uh, in yards. So that may help him, although the game has changed so much, they might make that a detriment uh, to him because everybody's getting yards. So I don't know how that will affect him. I do think Pep will get in first ballot. I just don't know, you know if he'll get in ne- as the next Panther. If Steve gets in, there's a debate that could be made that he could be first ballot, I think. Uh, yeah. Last Triple Crown winner. We haven't had a Triple Crown winner since 2005 when he did it. That was 17 years ago. You know, that's nuts that we haven't had one since then with the wide receivers we have and the way they've opened up the passing games. But Steve Smith, 2005 season, that man terrorized the league. Like, he probably could have been MVP of 2005 and almost single-handedly got the Panthers back to the Super Bowl. Uh, just ran out of running backs in the NFC Championship game against Seattle. And they had a... Uh, then I think they had Nick Goins out there at running back. Actually, I think they had Smith back there for a little bit at running back too. But he ran back a punt return for a touchdown when they desperately needed one. Uh, he was getting triple team, still catching the ball. Like he was a, a, a menace like that entire season uh, after it came back from the broken leg from the 2004 year where he missed the whole year. So uh, I think Smith's definitely getting in. Eventually, Peppers is definitely getting in. Uh, and Luke is definitely getting in too. Those <laughs> linebackers, like I said earlier, our new co-host Thomas Davis will be joining us starting next week after preseason week one. Uh, we kind of know who the Panthers Mount Rushmore for linebackers is. Uh, I think Sam Mills has got to be on there. My man has a statue outside the building. Like he's, he started this in terms of when you think of Panthers, you think of good interior linebackers. I think that's kind of been their thing, like throughout coaches throughout 25 plus years. So Sam Mills is on there. Uh, I think you got to put Thomas Davis, our co-host, on there. The only player in NFL history to come back from three ACL uh, surgeries, uh, multiple Pro Bowls, led them to 2015 uh, Super Bowl with a, a busted arm. I think people have forgotten about that. He broke his arm like two weeks before and played in that game. Uh, just a legend with the Panthers and the, and the epitome of keep pounding. I think you have to put Thomas Davis on there. And then, of course, Luke Keekley. I've never seen a middle linebacker play football the way Luke Keekley did. He, it's like he played it as a coach on the field. He knew right. where the play was going. Like, you know how frustrating that has to be? Even if you're like uh, – I remember Tom Brady talking about this. Um, all these other quarterbacks where they're like, yeah, man, I'm calling the play and then I'm switching it or whatever at the line, and Luke is switching it before I switch it to what I'm switching it to. And he already knows what I'm switching it to. And like, if you watch film of Keekley – He'll, when the ball is snapped, he knows where the ball is going, so he just runs to that spot. Like it looks like he doesn't know where he's going, and then he meets the player and the ball like right there, and it's a loss. And it's like, how do you know that? Luke, Luke is so, like playing chess with guys playing jackers. Like it's yeah. just 
It's insane. He should be a defensive coordinator. I really feel like he should be a defensive coordinator. I I think at some point in time he might dip his 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 feet into the coaching side of things, but I I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. I think he will get back into football in some shape or form. I know he was with the Panthers for a little bit there, but yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I think he likes his free time too, so I'm I'm not sure. And he deserves it. Good for him for to me getting out early because a lot of times players don't know when to get out. They they stay beyond when they should have and. Yeah. You know, they have issues down the road when they're older. He was already starting to have some concussion issues and things of that sort. And I, I'll be honest, the last year, it did feel like he had lost about half a step due to those concussions. And and I think he was playing a little bit more tentatively because of it. Uh, shout out to him for understanding it was time to go, that he was ready to go. He had made his mark. And to be honest, I think he had done more than enough to to punch a ticket to to Canton. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, too. Uh, I think he he's, he's, he's that one dude where – Every offense had to account for where he was, and we only have a handful of those in the franchise's history. Pep being another one, but Keekley was different. Like Keekley was just like you needed to know where he was, <laughs> like at all times. And he still got back there. He still disrupted the play, or he still blew it up. So it's like the dude was just special. But that's three. So that's three linebackers that we have that pretty much cemented their positions there. My question is, who should the fourth one be? Because we, you know, after Sam Mills. There's another middle linebacker that we had that was pretty damn good by the name of Dan Morgan that took over right there and uh, was on that 2003 Super Bowl squad that uh, Mills was given that speech to. Um, after Dan Morgan, you got John Beeson that filled in right after that, that middle linebacker, and was one of the best linebackers in the league until injuries caught up to him, and he turned the thing over to Keekley. So, I mean, we've had – Guys, I didn't talk Kevin Green, Lamar Lathan on the edges in the beginning of the franchise's history. There's been guys out there. Who would you give that to? Who should that fourth spot be as we sit here today? That's tough. Yeah. Um, I, my gut would say probably Dan Morgan. Um, let, me pull up, let me pull up his stats real quick. But that's, that's kind of tough. I think I, – I don't know – if right now we could say that he could make a case for it, but I think potentially there could be a time, maybe like again, 10 years from now where we think maybe Shaq could get entered into that conversation. But again, he's got a lot of football left and who knows if Shaq can take that next level, then he could enter that mix too. But I don't, I don't know if he's quite there yet. Um, but Dan Morgan's probably my pick. But I don't know this. This kind of predates my knowledge a little bit, so I'll leave that one to you. Uh, as you think? But I, I do think Shaq at some point, yeah, he could get into the mix. Well, okay. So let me set this up then, because Dan Morgan he played middle linebacker for us from 2001 to 2007. Uh, he holds the record for single game tackles in a Super Bowl. He had 18. Uh, and that Super Bowl against uh, Super Bowl thirty uh, eight against the Patriots, um, he still holds that. That's a record to this day. That that happened, you know, almost twenty years ago. Uh, he he in his career fell short also, or was cut short due to injuries. Uh, so that's why he only played seven years, really. Oh uh, one to oh seven. So he basically played about seven seasons. Led them to a Super Bowl in that stretch. Nasty defense with him, Julius Peppers, Chris Jenkins in the middle. Uh, man, who else was on that team? Mike Mentor. They 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 had some thumpers. Uh, they had a pretty good uh, defense uh, with Dan Morgan. I would say it's probably between him and John Beeson. Uh, John Beeson took over at middle linebacker for Dan Morgan, so there was really no drop whatsoever um, with that. But. He he ended his career uh, with the Giants. He played the final 12 games of 2013 there. Uh, he played four games in 2014, five in 2015. He just had a lot of leg injuries. Um, they actually drafted him 25th overall in the 2007 draft. Uh, so he was with us from 2007 to – let's see. He went to the Giants. Basically, when we drafted Keekley – they eventually moved off of Beeson because he was having injuries then. He was with us from 2007 to 2013. It's so about the same time as Morgan, about six, seven seasons. Uh, now, that last year, though, he only played three games. That's when he uh, got hurt. And actually, he really got 2011. He played one game, got hurt first game, missed the whole season, came back, 
played four games, came back, played three games. So really, he really played from 2007 to 2010, those four seasons, he played all 16 games. But once he got to 2011, injuries really started to hamper uh, Beeson's career where he only played 12 games once after 2011. That was in 2013 with the Giants. Uh, he never played more than five games in any any season after 2011, other than that 2013 season. So, yeah, he had a lot of knee injuries and things of that sort. But before that, those first four seasons with Carolina, when he got drafted by them, uh, you know, it looks like he's averaging about 140, 135 tackles a season, uh, which is a lot, uh, which is man in the middle. Um, I'd have to give it to Dan Morgan, though, to be honest, as I'm sitting here looking at this and just remembering Dan Morgan was a, lasted a little bit longer, I guess. But uh, if John had had more than four healthy seasons with Carolina, then maybe it, he would be more in consideration. Love them both. Um, but I'd probably have to give that to Dan Morgan. So as it stands right now, Sam Mills, Thomas Davis, Dan Morgan, Luke Keekley, uh, Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore for the Panthers linebacking core. That doesn't sound like a bad linebacking core. I wouldn't have those four right now. Uh, <laughs> how, how much, how much work do you think Shaq would have to do if we're talking about current guys? I think they'd move Shaq to safety, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't know if he'd be playing linebacker if those four guys are out there. Like, where who's sitting? Yeah. You know, like, who's going to sit for Shaq? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that is tough. I mean, I, if I he's a guy Shaq. that – I mean, we're, we're going to – they're going to have to have team success for him to enter that chat. And I, I just don't know. I mean, he is getting a little older. So, for them to have team success, he become one of the better linebackers – not only just on the team or not on, on in the like division, but I mean, he's going to have to become one of the better linebackers in the league. I just don't know. Yeah. How he much more never, he can pass. He never shows that consistency. Now he was starting to show it last year. Actually, it felt like the beginning of the year last year, Shaq was on a different level. I don't know if people remember this, but those first three, four weeks, Shaq was playing like, wow. Okay. Shaq realized this is his, his defense now. And he was all over the place. Then he got hurt. And once he got hurt, he never got back to that same level that he was playing in September of last year. I'm hoping that he can find that again. But again, you know, he's a year older. Um, linebacking, the, the linebacker room is the one room I'm kind of concerned about because it does feel kind of thin and maybe defensive line in terms of pass rushing. But I think that's more of a matter of the young guys just need to step up and show what they can do. And then they can kind of panic after, which I think that's kind of the route they're having to take right now. The linebacking core... Uh, Hayes getting Haynes getting hurt kind of hurt, but even that, I think they probably would have wanted to have more there than just Shaq and Marquise Haynes, you know, pretty much being the two main guys that are going to be playing that. I know they kind of play like a a nickel style offense. They usually run like five uh, DBs back there uh, with two uh, with two linebackers, but they kind of switch it around. Like it's almost like an amoeba type defense where sometimes there's three on the line, sometimes they've got five up there, sometimes they're not even on the line. They're kind of moving around. There's usually three cornerbacks in the secondary and two safeties. That one safe, Jeremy Chin, he might drop down. So there's three linebackers all of a sudden. Like they do a lot of cool stuff on defense. I like what Phil Snow is doing uh, with them because it keeps the offenses guessing. But um, yeah, I'm a little worried about the linebacker room. So next week, uh, after we see them in the preseason game, uh, TD will be here and he can give us his thoughts on the linebackers and what he's seeing. And what maybe Shaq needs to do to kind of get up to that, not just good Panther level, but good National Football League level. Um, and some other observations from it. I don't, do you think, uh, as we're about to get out of here, do you think we see Christian McCaffrey at all? Not at all. Not at all. I, I don't, I don't want to see him. <laughs> I don't want to see him. I don't think anybody wants to see Christian McCaffrey in no, August. Don't even put him out there. No. Nope. <laughs> Woo! That's going to be. Because you know what would happen. They put him oh, out there for like first series. He tweaks his ankle or something. It bothers him the whole rest of the year. They blame Matt Rule. Like, why are you playing him against the Washington Commanders in an August football game? And then it just spirals out of control. I don't think they need to play him. They don't need all. to play a lot of guys if we're being honest. That's true. I mean, it's but three preseason I, games. But I would still the, the first preseason game. Like these guys got to get some sort of game simulation under their belt. But week two. They'll probably play a good bit. I think. I think week one we're going to see kind of a little bit of everybody. Yeah. Week two, I kind of get the feeling that's kind of like their simulated game week, where they're going to actually play a lot of guys. 
Week three, we I don't think we're going to see anybody. No, I think it'll be the guys that are about to get cut. That's going to be, yeah, for those guys that are on the bubble, this is your your make it or break it. This is your, you know, prove me that you need to be on the roster type of game. Week three might be the Matt Corral show uh, or P.J. Walker. You know, I don't know. He might still be here. It'll be the return of uh, Mr. Joe Brady Yeah, as well. So, I mean, we got a lot to look forward to. We've been waiting all year to get back to this part of the schedule, part of the calendar, I should say. Uh, Football is here. We have crossed the last weekend where we will not have any college or NFL football from now until February, if I'm not mistaken. So all, all the wives across America are hating this. All, all, all the men. And I shouldn't say that. There's female football fans, too. All the football fans are rejoicing. Uh, I know my wife is dreading uh, this beginning to happen because <laughs> on Sundays, they just my, 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 my family just empties out. Like I take over the living room, my two kids. My wife, they go like to like off to the back of the house someplace, and I don't see them until like six, seven o'clock in the evening. And it's just because I scream at the TV, like and then, <laughs> so, like I'm screaming at Carolina during these games. And then at four, I'll, you know, I'll cook something, and we cook Sunday dinner. And usually it's the Cowboys or somebody on the four o'clock game of the week or whatever. So it's usually a pretty good matchup. So I just spend my whole Sunday recharging for the next week. It's like the one time where I can sit down and just do nothing for like seven hours. So I'm so looking forward to it, although I just put in for media credentials. So I'll probably end up being in Charlotte for some of these games anyway, and it won't be a day off. So we'll see what happens. Um, we are at the end. Like I said, next week will be the debut of our new co-host, Panther legend linebacker Thomas Davis, joining the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast with us for this season. He'll be with us starting next week. Uh, we'll have the Commanders versus Panthers preseason game to talk about, and I'm sure something will pop up in terms of uh, Sam Darnold not getting traded, P.J. Walker, Waz Matt Corral not taking first snaps. Like something, something will happen. We'll we'll be here. <laughs> so we'll, be here we'll be here to give it to you. Skyler is at training camp every day. If you want to follow what's going on there, like I said, at the bottom of the screen. Two more days. Thank God. Two more days. <laughs> two more days of traveling down 77. Follow Skyler on Twitter at Callahan underscore for the latest Carolina Panthers news daily. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. Uh, subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio youtube channel where you can see this video and other uh, podcasts as well and go subscribe to believe uh b-l-e-a-v on twitter and their youtube channel if i'm not mistaken this is going to be moving over there starting next week as well so for my co-host skylar callahan for our future co-host thomas davis coming in next week for myself desmond johnson you've been listening and watching to the believe in carolina panthers podcast here on the believe podcast network we'll see you next week keep pounding thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.